<laughs> Have a little fun. Get sciencey. We like to do that on the show every once in a while. We're going to talk about sleep and animals, right? And all animals sleep, as far as we know, maybe. Uh, now, what about sharks? You've probably heard, I know I always heard, that sharks have to keep moving. If they stop moving, they die. They have to keep water flowing over their gills in order to get oxygen. So if they don't do that, they die. So they have to keep swimming. So they have to keep swimming. Can they sleep? It's an interesting discussion. It's a conversation that we're going to have with Dr. Uh, Michael Kelly now. Dr. Kelly is a postdoctoral research fellow in neuroscience at Simon Fraser University. Dr. Kelly, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Shay. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, let's just, first of all, is it, is it true? Do sharks need to keep moving or they will die, or is that just some urban legend kind of thing? <clears throat> well, look, it's not an urban legend. Uh, actually, when I was getting into the research myself uh, way back in 2015, that's pretty much all I'd heard yeah. as well. And I think that that's, you know, if your listeners just do do a Google search quite often, that's that's the that's the most obvious thing that comes up because when you watch shark documentaries, they're always kind of focusing on those sexy sharks like the great whites yeah, and the yeah, tigers yeah. and the makos. And that actually is true. So those, that, that group of sharks, uh, they're called ram ventilators. Okay. And so to facilitate gas exchange, they actually do have to keep moving forward and that sort of passively pushes that oxygenated water over their gills. Okay. So that, 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 that's fair. Uh, is there another only, group of sharks that doesn't fit that category? That's right. Exactly. So it's only, that's, that, that's only a half-truth because there's this whole other group of sharks called buckle pumpers, um, and they're actually able to remain inactive, so sitting on the seafloor, because they can manually uh, sort of gulp the, salt, the, the seawater and push that manually okay. over their gills. Gotcha. So, so, so I think... When you look, when, you, when when I was looking at the literature some years ago, uh, sort of the prevailing theory, even amongst uh, sleep researchers and academics, was that buckle pumpers potentially do engage in sleep or can engage in sleep, but that ram ventilating species don't sleep because of this, you know, the, the fact that they have to uh, keep this constant forward motion. But uh, the thing is, we already know that that theory that a constantly moving animal can't sleep is debunked, right? So if we look at marine mammals, for example, um, we know that they're able to keep swimming and they sleep with one half of their brain at a time. And, uh, yep, that's how they get their sleep. Really? So we know that there are some migratory birds that actually sleep while they're flying. Um, and so even us as humans, you know, when you think about it, when you're driving a car, it's quite naughty, but when you're driving a car and you're super sleepy, you can kind of go into these micro-sleeps where your eyes are open yeah. and, and you're looking at the road, but you're out. Um, so, yeah, so, look, uh, not not necessarily a valid theory, but uh, very curious nonetheless, which is, which is essentially why, well, part of the reason I undertook the research. Yeah. The other part is because I'm terrified of the animals. <laughs> So so let's break those apart. First of all, it's it's trying to answer that question, like, okay, if sharks have to keep moving or, you know, do all animal. I mean, how do sharks sleep? That was basically the question you were trying to answer, right? Well, yeah, or if they do, right? Because, sure. I mean, they were one of the many animal groups 
that we knew nothing about. Um, I think the thing is that when you think about sleep research, we're always thinking about mammals, you know, cats and dogs and mice and whatever it might be. And there's kind of this just presumption that we sort of know that everything is sleeping. But the reality is we know very little about sleep in general and we know very little about how many animals actually sleep. But the one thing I will say is thus far every animal that we have studied does appear to sleep. In some way, though, but like you say, sleep, I mean, we, you know, we, we look at humans and your eyes are closed, maybe you're snoring, you're not moving. That's what we define as sleep, right? Do we need to change our definition of sleep? Absolutely. And that's, that's, a, that's a very, very uh, educated point that you've made there, in fact, because, I mean, even myself, right? Like, I'm a sleep researcher, but I'm a human too, so <laughs> I can't help but fall back into this perception of sleep, how we think of it, as you said, you know, lying down, perhaps, eyes yeah. closed, um, but the way that, that the form in which sleep takes is it's, it's insane how much it varies across the animal kingdom. I mean, even if you just take one aspect of sleep being sleep duration, so not, not necessarily the way the animal looks when it's sleeping, but certainly the amount of time it spends sleeping, the variation there is just, it's insane. Um, and then when we think about what sleep looks like, uh, same. Uh, you know, you've got animals that sleep with their eyes open, that are standing, that are moving, and this is not often attributes that we think of as sleep. And even that fact that I talked about with the constantly moving animals, with the um, unihemispheric sleep, that sleeping with one yeah. hemisphere uh, uh, awake and, and asleep, that, that kind of revolutionizes the way we even think about consciousness, right? Because these animals are sort of half conscious, half asleep, um, so yeah, sleep, sleep is a, it's a very quirky topic. So how, what do you define it as then? If it's not what we think, you know, eyes closed, not moving, wh- like, is, is there some scientific determination of, oh, this person is asleep because of this? Look, yeah, you, obviously when you're doing research, you need sort of criteria or standards yeah, yeah. or protocols to work sort of within to start to identify it. And in fact, that kind of brings me to how we went about doing this research on, on sharks, because I guess most people don't really think about sleep research, but it's actually pretty tricky to, to, to identify sleep in anything but a human because you can't ask an animal, sure. well, right, are you asleep or were you asleep earlier when we videoed you? And so you, you have these sort of starting points and tests, uh, sort of gold standard tests that we use in the industry. And I kind of use this maybe childish analogy of Lego blocks. So you, you start with the foundation of a bunch of blocks that might be looking at just does an animal engage in, in conspicuous periods of inactivity, right? So yeah. Is the animal inactive at times? Now, we just said that inactivity isn't necessarily needed for sleep, right. but it's a starting point, right? And uh, so you look for that. And if, and, if not, and if not inactivity, at least activity patterns. So if the animal is constantly moving, does it sort of change the way it moves uh, in, in, in a way that's predictable every day? Um, and so that's what we started with these animals. We took both these buckle pumping sharks. Yeah. So the ones that can remain inactive and ram ventilating sharks, the ones that have to swim continuously. And we took a bunch of species from the wild and we brought them into our labs. And we then basically recorded endlessly for weeks and weeks on end to see what was going on with their activity patterns. And so what we found with the buckle pumping species is that indeed 
Um, there are these very predictable patterns that they go through over a 24-hour day in which they're, in, in, the, in the case of the species that I was looking at, they were completely inactive during the day and became very active or significantly more active at night, suggesting that they're nocturnal. But then interesting, when we were looking at these uh, constantly moving animals, from the naked eye, yep, they were swimming around constantly, but we were actually recording the speed at which they swam and, and the distance that they covered. And we actually found that those animals also um, engage in these really predictable um, activity patterns, sort of going from maybe autopilot swimming to much more maybe uh, foraging-focused uh, swimming. But, but, but you think they're asleep at, at, at some point. I mean, to the naked eye, or if you're not observing them constantly, you might not recognize that something's changed, but you think they're sleep swimming, for lack of a better word. Well, yeah, I think, look, I think we need to be really careful because that was just the first tiny sure. little step. Um, if these guys were swimming constantly at the exact constant speed, that still doesn't mean that they weren't engaged, that they may not be engaging in swimming, but, uh, sorry, sleeping, but uh, it would have been trickier. So I guess it's sort of like the first indicator that perhaps there's something going on there. Um, now, we continued our research quite intensively with the buckle pumping species just because when an animal is stopping, it's just a little bit easier, right? Like this is the first time we'd ever looked at sleep in this, in this taxon, in this group of animals. And so we chose to move forward with these animals that, are, that engage in these conspicuous periods of inactivity. And so we moved on to these sleep-specific tests. And they're uh, testing for things like their responsiveness to external stimulation um, when they're inactive. So the idea is that if I poked you right now, you would feel it immediately and yep. you'd probably get quite, quite uh, upset with me. But if I poked you with the same force while you're asleep, you may, I may not actually get a response from you and I might need to shake you a little harder. Okay. And so in somewhat more scientific terms, <laughs> we tested this with uh, electrical pulse stimulation. And we actually found that after five minutes of inactivity, um, these the, the sharks, their responsiveness dropped way off. And you really had to crank up that stimulation to get a response. And that, that's a very good indicator that they're falling asleep. That they're asleep, yeah. That's right. Um, we then tested for whether sleep is internally um, controlled. So in, 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 in us, in you and I, it's homeostatically regulated is the fancy term. It just means that basically it's regulated internally in that if you and I, for example, tonight get on the beers and we stay up till five o'clock in the morning, you're going to incur a sleep debt that you need to pay yeah. back. And so once we stop drinking, we're probably going to go to sleep and sleep the whole day, right? Yeah. As, as, as I'm sure... Well, I've definitely done it plenty of times. I don't know about yourself, but I hope my, I hope my dad's not Maybe listening. once or twice. Maybe once or twice. <laughs> but uh, we tested for that in these animals. So we, we basically did not allow them to go into that sleep state. You, you didn't or, fill them full of beer, did you? I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't pour <laughs> beers into the tank. I might have had a few beers while I was doing the study because you've got to sit up for two days straight and you need something to fill your time. But no, we, 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 just, we basically gently poke them it's called gentle tactile stimulation so anytime right. the animals looked like they were going to rest on this on the bottom of the tank you give them a poke and you make them swim but interesting what we found is there was no there was no rebound it didn't once we stopped depriving them yeah they didn't seem to then try to need to make up that sleep oh. um so kind of confounding right yeah. um we've actually seen this in some other um uh bony fish in 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 uh in a marine environment, 
but I think that 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 kind of proved that when you're when you're using behavioural tests alone, um, it can be kind of misleading because animals can kind of seem like they're asleep and maybe they're meeting some of the criteria, but maybe not meeting others. And so I kind of like to say that behavior can lie, but physiology doesn't lie. Yeah. And so that, that's the next step, obviously, that we took. Interesting. I, I wish we had more time, Michael. Unfortunately, we're out of time. But it just, it just shows, I think, there's so many questions around sleep. You know, it's, it's still one of the mysteries out there, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed. I'm sorry, I chatted, I chatted no, too no, long there. No, no, that's great. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And like I say, I wish we had more time. But I do need to run. Thank you so much, though. No uh, problem, Shay. Yeah, Thanks I appreciate so much. It. Ta-da. That is Dr. Michael Kelly, who's a postdoctoral research fellow in neuroscience at Simon Fraser University. And yeah, I mean, sleep is just, it's one of those things that I just don't think we, uh, we fully understand yet.